guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Ladies and gentlemen of QED and Astoria, please put your hands together for the host of the Bitch Seat, Miss Lissa Mandel. Thank you. Thank you. Is this on? Is it on, Kent? Is it on? Can you hear this? Can everybody hear this? Thank you guys for coming to the Bitch Seat. Um, how many people are here for the first time tonight? Oh, shit. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, we have a huge contingent of Actors Green Room people here tonight. <laughs> so thank you. Um, the Bitch Seat is, uh, of course, a show in which uh, grown-ups do a show-and-tell of some artifact from their youth, and we talk about it. Um, as you heard earlier, this is being recorded for our weekly podcast, uh, which you can find at thebitchseatpodcast.com. And uh, so laugh, cry, gasp. If you heckle, please make it relevant or intelligent. And um, just, you know, in, enjoy. It's usually a variety of emotions come up in this. So sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's just fucking not. But, um, <laughs> but it's all universal. So um, every month we have a theme. And uh, this month our theme is babysitters. Uh, whether you had some or you were one. Um, I uh, was an adult from the time I was born. So I really didn't like babysitters at all. Um, and I had uh, this one babysitter, uh, Julia. And she was like a perfect student. She was in high school when I was in middle school, red hair and just like played in wind ensemble and all this shit. And she showed up uh, to my house with her gigantic extra large LL Bean backpack and all of her textbooks. And she was like, I have to do my algebra. And I was like, fuck you. I, I, I could do algebra. I could totally do algebra, even though I'm 10. It's fine. So I didn't really like to be told what to do. Um, that said, uh, Kent, if you could bring up this picture uh, in a moment. No, no, no. Spoilers. Spoilers. No. Oh, man. Sorry. I caught him off guard. Anyway, there it was. So that's me on the right there. Clearly did a really good job of taking care of myself when grown-ups weren't watching. Um, that's when I was still a happy child. I think the depression kicked in a couple years after that. So, um, so uh, on that note, um, I'm going to read from uh, one of my diaries here. Of course, from my little Delia's box. Uh, this is Satin 2. The follow-up to Satin 1. And... Um, 
this is a screed. If you've seen the show before, you might have heard this, but for the newcomers, this is going to be real interesting for you. So this is from March 3rd, 1996. Uh, so I think I was 13. Dear Satin 2, it happened again. Magic is cluing me in, I think. I was listening to music in my room. We Be 108 was playing particularly bad music. It was then I realized that I hate the 90s. I absolutely can't stand this decade. All the boys are ugly, greasy perverts, or else slobby bums, occasionally a nerd. As for the ditzy girls, I have a few words about them I won't mention. <laughs> but the thing about the 1990s I completely despise is the music. No one in these times knows what music is. As I said, I was like a 65-year-old man. <clears throat> oh, I die to live in the 80s. I love 80s music so much. And a few minutes ago, I thought to myself, I'd really like to hear Don't You Forget About Me right now. <laughs> now, think about it. What were the chances of hearing one out of thousands of songs, especially one from the 80s? I began moving the dial and heard it. My heart started thudding. I thought I heard it. I moved the dial back. Sure enough, there it was. What's going on anyway? Was that really magic again? It's happened to me three times already, twice this year. I feel very strange. Maybe I have ESP. And by the way, I started, I started keeping tabs of, how, of when this happened to me, and I had like a running list throughout all of my journals of every time I would think of a song and turn on the radio and it was on. Um, Oh, I wish there were a station that played all 80s music. I'd, play, I'd pay a million dollars for that if I had a million dollars. Maybe, just maybe, that's what I don't like about my life. Sort of a what's wrong with this picture thing. Kent, Kent likes that too. All right. Um, maybe it's that I was born at the wrong time. I should be living in the 80s. How many people think they were born at the wrong time? How many people had that thought when they were younger? I feel like that's a pretty classic thing to feel. My life would be so much better if I had been born in the early 70s so that I could enjoy the wonderful 80s music in my teen years when it was popular and not have to enjoy it privately on my own so no one else makes fun of me. Oh, it makes me sad to think about the things that would make my life better, but I can't change the way they are now. It's so unfair to be smart and not get credit for it. Oh, wait, I just changed the subject. I guess I also had ADD. If only there was someone who agreed with me on this, but all my friends like 90s music. But you know what I really think? They're getting sucked in. They only are made to think they like the popular music. Then, when the music goes out of style, they suddenly hate that music and like the new music that becomes popular. They're all so stupid. They don't know what good music is because they never bother to listen to variety, to everything else that's out in the world. And that's been, that's been out in the world. My feelings are a big blazing tangle of depression, <laughs> exasperation, and lots of frustration. When will these ditzy idiots realize all of the variety in this world? There's so much to discover and they don't care. It's because they're afraid to explore. Talk about history repeating itself. The people of the Middle Ages were afraid of new things, so they punished the people who weren't afraid. <laughs> they were different, different, those brave people, to be who and what they felt. But since I'm afraid to be who... But since I'm afraid to be who I'd like to be, I'm hiding my real self. But how much longer? <laughs> since I don't want to be called a geek, I have to pretend to be ditzy. But I'm splitting at the seams. My real thoughts are going to explode out of me unless I let them out soon. Uh, see, this is why I became a comedian. I wish I could share this whole concept with the world, but no one would understand. I think too much. But that's all part of who I really am. 
Why can't this whole world just wake up? They don't realize what they're missing, but no way I'm opening my mouth. I'd be punished. Ha! Punished for an opinion. <laughs> it's me against the world. Good luck to me. I'll need it. Someday I'll make them see. They'll come to their senses. They'll realize how ignorant they were. Gosh, do I feel alone. I wish someone were here to talk to who agreed with me and understand my thoughts. Then at least I'd have some company. Love, LMM. So, I'm not alone anymore. I have a room full of people listening to me. And I have my amazing co-host, my boyfriend, Phil. There's your entrance. Perfect. Um, so we were talking about babysitters earlier, and um, you mentioned that, that you didn't really have any babysitter experiences, which I thought was interesting. Why is that? Um, because my house was so crowded. There was, no, there was no point when I would be home alone until I was like 12 or 13. And by that point, my babysitter was the internet. So they just kind of <laughs> let me, you know, every time... I had to be babysat. I would just, they would drive me to my cousin Danny's house, uh, and then I'd hang out, hang out with him, and then they'd, they'd pick us up. And um, that, was, that was basically like, I, I but, never really had But why was your house always crowded? Can you give some context to the people for what your house is I like? I come from an Italian household, so <laughs> there's always company. Like, there's always my, my Uncle Walter or uh, my cousin Michael, who's always there, or my Aunt Mo at the time. Her name is Carmela, but for some reason she was Mo, and her sister was Ro. <laughs> Uh, Mo and Ro. Mo and Ro. Mo and Ro. And one time, uh, I, I was coming back from Hooters uh, between graduating high school and going to college oh, after okay. having watched SummerSlam, and she was she was babysitting me because my parents were away in, in Disney World, and by that point, I'd given up on Disney. Um, and so we were in the backyard, me and my friends, pretending to wrestle after coming home from a, a, a WWE um, uh, event at a Hooters, and at the age of 19, you know, just children, children. Um, she saw us wrestling and she called the cops on us because she thought I was getting beat up. It's a very overprotective family. We were using from. foam uh, pool sticks. Pool noodles? Yes. Whatever. What are they? Noodles. Noodles? Oh, yeah, they were called noodles. I haven't used one in a long time. Are they, like, dangerous or something? Were they recalled? I don't know. I, I, used, to, I used to stand on mine. Did you? Nice. I tried. I always tried. Do you have a pool? <laughs> okay. Um, but when you say when you say that, well, hey, hey, did you ever babysit your younger brother? A few times, yes. We've got we'd got get into fights all the time, but like it was always because he was misbehaving, and I was I was yeah. And we you did. were the iron fist. I was the iron fist. I was. Not, I wish I'd had more patience for him. Uh, I remember at one point he got up on a box and yelled, you hate me. I felt I wasn't being mean to him. I was telling him not to fucking grab shit off of shelves and stuff. Like I was trying to gently police him. So I, he didn't I realize the keyword he, is police. I would. Yeah, I was trying. I was I, I would that would not be a good police officer. I, not that I, I just wouldn't want to get like, out of the car. I feel so bad for you because you never had the experience of having a babysitter and like getting away with shit behind the babysitter's back. Yeah, I did. I mean, when, well, no, when, when like my, my uncle or cousin would be like downstairs, I would be looking at, at, at my, uh, my, my cable box upstairs and 
You know, that's when Cinemax was a thing. Skinemax. Skinemax. Yeah, but ne- w- but then when the internet ushered in actual porn, you were like, they were just bumping chests. They weren't even really. There's no insertion point at all in any of those. It's, yeah, but it's still the the implication was enough. Yeah, the implication, of course. Um, but so I had this babysitter named Debbie, and her last name means bad head in Italian. And um, wait, 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 wait—is it Malatesta? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I mean I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna blow her cover in case she happened to be you know, but she she was a little bit wacky, right? She looked like she had walked right out of Ghost World, and um. <laughs> She used to drive me and my brother around, and we didn't know what was going on, and she would buy us tons of candy, and um, we got lost all the time. And when my mom found this out, she was fired, but like, I had a great time with Debbie Malatesta. What, what was Debbie Malatesta doing getting lost with you? Just, was she buying weed? What was she going? Was she, she, she very well might have been. She, she was the weed-buying type. I think her hair was seven different colors. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, let's just see this picture real quick that you chose for your, of yourself, because I love it. Uh, I know. Yeah. So adorable. I wish Such I a well-behaved child. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looked like. Yeah. I was so well-behaved that they, that uh, everyone would want to blame me for stuff, but the parents knew better. Like, whenever there, were, whenever there were birthday parties and something was broken, they'd point at me and they'd be like, you don't blame Phil. It's not his fault. He's a nice boy. That's but because that's, your dad was on the board of Ed. Not at the time. <laughs> at the time, I was, I was just a strange fat kid who... <laughs> Hummed, hummed Beatles songs and back you, before the Beatles were cool. You really do look like a chipmunk. I love it. Yeah. Never kind of grew into my teeth, but the nose. Oh. Um, no, the nose keeps growing forever. Keeps growing. Keeps getting broken over and over. Um, uh, well, let's, uh, let's get this rolling. Please. Because we have some extremely amazing guests tonight. And yeah. um, like people that I've been wanting to get on this show for a long time. And, uh, and so our first guest, he's a comedian. He is one of my favorite improv teachers ever, just a brilliantly talented impro- improviser and comedian um, uh, at, at the People's Improv Theater, um, although he does shows all over the place. He's been on Stars, Bravo, TV Land, and he's kind of like, I feel like he's an alien in human skin. Um, but we're going to learn more right now. Give it up for Chris Griggs. That was what I was about I to. My brand. <laughs> <laughs> use it, definitely use it. Well, Chris, do you have any any particular stories that stick out in your mind from uh, babysitting or being babysat when you were younger? You know, actually, what I'm going to talk about, what I brought, works out perfectly because I didn't really have a babysitter. I was I grew up in the South, um, and my uncle raised me. And we never really had babysitters. My uncle was always my babysitter. So he pretty much, it's all going to fit very much into that. I never really had cool babysitter stories. It was just my uncle, Junior. I was raised on a little farm, and he had to watch me and my twin sister all the time. And we got a picture of Uncle Junior, if you can see that picture. Well, I don't know, because I didn't know if this man and the next man were all... That's actually my Uncle Bill. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Uncle Bill would babysit me sometimes, too. He looks like a party. Dude, Uncle Bill is a party. I don't... No, I we couldn't have... find pictures of him in his cool clothes, but he used to wear these old onesies, like old school Jackie Gleason. And he, his hair, nice. he, his hair was always kind of Elvisy, pompadourish. And he, and I guarantee you that point because he had a catchphrase, and it was always, "You don't know anything about life." <laughs> and 
It was about everything he had done, you know, everything, just this ridiculous laundry list of like, I was a gambler in Vegas. I was an extra in a Bond movie. I made love to the Queen of England. And you don't know nothing about life. And that was his big move. How much, how much of his stories were ever true? I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. To this day, I don't know. He's, he's, he's funny because he's getting up in years now. And I was going through recently. I'm the executor of his will. Oh, God. And I promise you, in the letter, there's a line that says, Christopher, in the event of my demise, get to the bank before the government. That's his line. That's a true, true story in his will. So how much of yourself would you say do you think is influenced by this man? I'll ask you the same question about the next man. But. Yeah, honestly, and I've been thinking about this. It's kind of great that I got to do this because I've been going through my life growing up, and I was raised by three uncles, but my Uncle Junior is the one that was always living with me all the time. Uh-huh. This was my dad's brother, Uncle Bill, and he, I think I am, a, he was a gambler and a showman. And Oh, so I that was legit about Vegas and everything. Yeah, he really did gamble. I know he gambled for sure. <laughs> And he ran slot machines in Memphis, Tennessee, which is where I'm from. And um, he was kind of probably the bad fun seed. And then my (laughs) Uncle Junior was probably – he had a lot of character, but he was kind of a weirdo. Uh, And then my Uncle Jerry, who I'm not – I didn't bring a picture of, but he was kind of this valedictorian of high school who became a local hobo who liked to do drugs. So I I feel like I'm a mix of all three of those guys (laughs) on some level. It's a wide variety. Yeah, and when you do see Uncle Junior, by the way, we can built- we can show him actually. Yeah. Show He's Uncle next. Junior. That's Uncle Junior. Yeah. So Uncle, and this is him older Junior, but like younger Junior, he was really he was skinny as a rail, and he always wore those overalls. But if he, but when he sometimes they would fall off of him, but he would be his belly would be dirty because his belly would bump into <laughs> stuff because he kind of had this skinny pregnant Clay Aiken thing going on or something. <laughs> And he slicked his hair back with Vaseline hair tonic, and he had no teeth, so he'd pull his teeth in and out, and he always had the Folgers spit cup platoon Is that what that is? Yeah, because he would bite tobacco and put chewing gum in his mouth, and he would spit tobacco all the time. Wait, but without teeth? He would chew tobacco without teeth? He would gum it. Yeah, he would gum it. He would only put teeth in for maybe like a boneless chicken, or (laughs) bone chicken or something, or if he was trying to make a point. You know, like if he was like, yeah. if he was like, boy, you know, if he was like, boy, God's watching. <laughs> well, he put teeth in his mouth. So were you an only child? I, I have a no, twin, have I have a twin, twin sister, sister, and we do have a picture of me and my twin sister. I think the next one might be of the two of you. Yeah. Yes. Aww. Which is so, uh, so adorable. Chris and Christy, this because my parents were mean, I guess. I don't what? know, but that's, that's horrible. Uh, that's so cute. I will. I didn't know when I was putting this together. I didn't know that that was you and your sister. Yeah, that's Chris Griggs as a kid. This is my first time seeing Chris Griggs as a kid. Oh, that's cute. Adorable. Don't, don't have while. creepy <laughs> dreams now. It's Chris as a girl. Yeah, no, but I'm the play two of with you us. look like the twins in The Shining right here. We do. Yeah. Um, Even the whole thing. I took a picture of it out of an old photo album, and just the picture of my, me luminously in the background, looking over it like Satan's child, yeah, you, Satan's children. One day with a bow tie, he will grow up to become an alien in human skin. You can use that now if you want. That's my thing. That's my jam. Um, well, do you do you want to go ahead and show show this artifact that you brought? Sure. It, it, it's a it's an Uncle Junior artifact. Um, my uncle Junior, he, my uh, parents were divorced when I was young, and my 
uh, dad couldn't, he tried to, my, I didn't really know my mom when I was younger because until later in life, and, and Uncle Junior raised us. And the artifact I chose, which kind of reflected him to me, it's a hat. It's kind of a cool collector's item, although I never clean it because it's got dirt in it. And well, plus I, it's, it's got from his him. essence. It's got yeah. his dirt in it, which yeah. I like. But it's an international harvester hat. Oh, and perfect. Harvester used to be basically like John Deere back in the day. And it's got his little crease, and he would always wear his little hat and everything because um, it was a farm. And so he would, we had a lake. He liked to build stuff over and over again. So we had a man made lake that he dug it out, put catfish in it. He had a barn. Uh, we had goats and peacocks, and peacocks would chase me around when I was a kid. What? And Wait, was- peacocks aren't. Native to no, Memphis, Tennessee. They're not. In my stand-up act, I even have this bit where I say, if a guy raises peacocks in a small town in the South, it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell thing, <laughs> I think. But uh, he raised peacocks. He liked them, but they're kind of nasty creatures. So, yeah. Did he, uh, where did it begin? Did he, did he find a peacock and then, like, mate them on the property? Or how did he, did he take some and grow some? He would do two, two moves. He bought a bunch of peacocks and put them out there and chickens and turkeys. And then he also uh, incubated eggs and he would actually raise peacocks and he had quail in a forest that was outside and he would go hunt them. But the weirdest thing is he would bring in hogs and he would uh, make give them to the sausage factory. So I was just this young kid I'm sorry. Sorry, vegans and vegetarians. But he would, uh, you have to. I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian. You have to actually castrate hogs. And so I used to have dreams about. Did you do that? sometimes do. Did you do farm things, like a lot of farm things? I was horrible at all of it, but I tried. (laughs) And and did your three uncles um, come down on you for leaving the farming industry altogether? Uncle Bill, he's a showman. He always thought right. you got talent, boy. I'd be like your Uncle Bill, but, you know that kind of, But uh, and then my Uncle Jerry would be more about what might have been if he hadn't sniffed propane as a young lad. But my Uncle Junior, he hated it all. It's too bad he passed away uh, years back. But he he would always say, I always read comic books all the time, and he did, he was like, boy, them comic books are gonna put you in prison, and. I like, he didn't like that I like comedy. He didn't like that I like comic books. He wanted me to uh, work on the farm and be a man like him. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. I just, I never really fit into that life. So yeah, I can't picture that at all. I'm not good. I was not good at any of that stuff. Although, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do you own any overalls? I have a pair of his overalls that, but he probably wouldn't like it because I use it as characters sometimes (laughs) (laughs) when I'm playing it. Uh, but I think there's a picture of a tractor yeah, somewhere. It's is not that the, It's not the next one, but it's the following. Well, I think. This, this is just so, where I grew up. So, like, that's the that's the house. It's just a small kind of an old house, and that's actually my that twin sister? sister's niece, of all things. Oh, wow. oh, is this recent? Well, it's it's a few years back, but the house looked just like that because now my aunt and my uncle have passed away, but they the house was there, so I wanted to get a picture with my young niece. Yeah, but the next one is a tractor. Think? Yeah. Yes. That's the tractor with my niece in front of it, and that's an international harvester tractor. But what's so cool about that, which fits into babysitting, was that my aunt, they never fought, by the way. My aunt and uncle never fought. He married her. This is old school South, but like he was 24. She was 13 years old. What? They were married all into their 70s, never fought, except for one time, which if we've got time, that's the story I'm going to tell. But uh, that was his international harvester tractor. So my aunt was always telling her to spend more time with me because we always had this busting head because he thought I read comic books and I was going to go to prison. And um, 
And so what he did was, because he was always working all the time, and if he would just find work all the time. So he welded, a, and he can't see it on this, but at the time, he welded a sidecar on his tractor so that when he cut the grass, we could bond. And that was our big thing. That's adorable. Oh. Yeah, but you couldn't hear, so it felt very much like a cheat. Because <laughs> the engine's so loud. It's like, yeah, boy, you need to work. Comic books, no. Baseball, no. But yeah, so we did that. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell the story, the story that you were gonna tell about them fighting. Well, he was a real, he was a man's man, and I mean, like, he would walk around and like he would grab a snake in the ground and look at it. That's how he was really like that. Did he ever bite its head off? No, he didn't. He wasn't that weird. But he'd <laughs> grab it and he'd look at it. And I remember one time I grabbed one and said, "Does it does it hurt if it bites you?" And he was like, "About like a wasper," and he th- <laughs> and he throw it out, but. So he was a man's man. So you know how you guys were talking a little bit about, like, you know, you would, have, you would torture your babysitter. My friends and I would always torture my uncle, Junior, because he didn't know swear words. So my friends. Wait, and we how? Were like, how? Because well, he's like, he was, he was never really left. The, he only graduated third grade. and He was a super smart man, but he was also, he didn't always know some of the, he might know He damn, didn't know the lingo. But he would know, like, you know, like we would be sitting around and my friend Lance would say, uh, pass me the sock cock. You know, stuff like that. And uh, he wouldn't know that. He'd go, oh, okay. And it would be gravy. I don't know. But, like, so we were always kind of playing jokes on him. And they never fought the entire time that they were married, which I always found fascinating. But one time they had an argument that always stood out to me. I was a freshman in college. And um, I don't know why, but I wanted – I just put condoms in Uncle Junior's wallet. I don't know why. I just did it. Oh. That's a fun thing. I just thought it'd be funny. You know, I thought he'd get a kick out of it. So I put a bunch of like ticklers and a couple of these things in his wallet. And then I went to the store and then I came back and then they were screaming at each other, which really stood out because they never screamed at each other. There's all this screaming going out and they're, they're older, you know? So it just really like, even then this, they're just yelling. And so, uh, she thought he was cheating on her. Oh my God. What did you do? uh, I well, I enjoyed it for a minute. I gotta be honest. I did. I mean, because they never fight, and so I kind of like. And it didn't exactly register the fact because I, I had put those condoms in his wallet like three or four days ago. So and I didn't how old really were you register. Again? I was probably like eighteen or nineteen. Oh, so you were old enough to know what you were doing. Yeah, it wasn't I like did. You were I knew a, I was yeah, doing okay. it. Yeah, I'd love to say I was like twelve. I was putting <laughs> putting condoms in his wallet, but um, I was like eighteen or nineteen, and so he's um, he's yelling and all this stuff, but. At one point, they're yelling, and he looks at me, and I guess I'm smiling, and he said, Boy, will you tell this woman that you put them rubbers in my wallet? (laughs) Rubbers is an old-school term that people used to use prophylactic. But um, she kind of believed him, and she kind of didn't. And then he said this, which I always thought was great. He said, he was like, I don't remember, I think he was like 67 or 66 or something. He said, Woman, I am 66 years old. Do you think if I was going to be catting around, I'd worry about wearing a rubber? <laughs> That's a really fair that. point. That's a fair, fair point. That is logic, man. Yeah. <laughs> what is the point of catting around if you got to wear a rubber? That's crazy. So they had a really sound, healthy. Sound what? A sound logic. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Did you ever uh, hear them fucking? <laughs> Speaking think, of sound. Nah, they were quiet, and it was a very. It was a, you would hear everything because it was kind of a small place. Um, but no, I never heard them uh, making love. Well, uh, be- yeah, because if they didn't ever fight, you know, 
either they're doing that behind closed doors or like things are going really, really, really well. You know, he also weirdly, they could have had sex because he's so he built this little house for my uncle Jerry that was like right. We had a couple of acres and he built this house for uncle Jerry because he was always doing drugs and getting in trouble. And my aunt, which was Jerry's, you know, sister, she would feel bad for him. And so th- he built this little house. But Jerry was only there maybe like a month out of the year because oh. he would go out, they would go to church, he would get saved, and then he would backslide <laughs> and sniff propane, and then he would kick him out of the house. And then you wouldn't see Uncle Jerry except to be walking around the streets every once in a while and go, and, you know, maybe he'd see me and goes, hey, oh, and Uncle Jerry was my high school janitor, by the way. So I would be in high school, and Uncle Jerry would come up, and he would always want these weird denominations like, uh, hey, uh, Bubba, uh, can I get uh, $6.13? <laughs> I've, I've got an interview at Sbarro this weekend, and I need to get my game face on. Or, you know, like that kind of stuff. And he got fired from my high school because he was smoking pot in the Bunsen burner, and he blew up the science lab. Uh, but I think maybe they would go sneak out and make love in Uncle Jerry's house. Yeah, that's what that house was for. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we have one more picture of you that you said was irrelevant, but I don't think it is. So if we could see that, Kent, I think it's great. Uh, Here's Chris on the left. Um, just because like, you know, hair, it's weird yeah. to see you with hair, Chris. Yeah. I kind of grabbed this. I don't know. I was going through a photo album and the only, I guess this is just funny because I used to write commercials out of college and, uh, I, I worked on Wendy's advertising back when Dave Thomas was on there and stuff. So me and this guy, this guy's name's Brent, we would have to go around the country and work at different Wendy's sometimes. And, uh, you know, that could have been my life if I hadn't read funny books and uh, decided to no, get to New York. No, those comic books fucked you up. They yeah. totally fucked me And now you live in a up. den of sin. <laughs> yeah, praise New York. <laughs> Gotta praise New York. Well, Chris, um, I have a gift for you. A gift? Because we always have a gift for our guests, and these gifts consist of uh, bits of nonsense and ephemera from my childhood home because we never threw out anything. So for you, I have... Ooh, sorry. Hold on. I don't have enough hands. It's really Really graceful. This is a Garfield keychain um, that is also a thermometer. So uh, I don't know if a thermometer works. I love Garfield. But I had a feeling you might like Garfield. I don't know why. I I love Garfield. He's real. He's a sarcastic motherfucker. It's the comedian's life. You know, you get up at noon and then you go say jokes to people and love lasagna. Yeah. You hate Mondays. And you hate Mondays. I think that's Kathy. Oh, no. He also hates Mondays. Oh, they all hate Mondays. Everyone hates Mondays. Mondays suck. Mondays suck. Chris Griggs, thank you so much for being on the Thank you so much. Yay. Yeah. Oh, go for Yeah. Check him out, you guys. He, if you can ever see him doing stand-up, he's fucking hysterical, hysterically funny, and he brings out these these stories from his past. Then the past was amazing. It seems so. Yeah, it was it good. So. Pretty good. Pretty good. What? what uh, I have to ask. What era would you want to live in? Because you say you were born in a, in the wrong time. I said I wanted to be born in the seventies so that I could come of age in the eighties. That was the point. Fair enough. I'm not one of those people who wanted to be born like in Jane Austen times and like live on the moors. That is who way too repressed. That? 
Everything, everything probably smelled. People probably died in, in lawn accidents all the People time. People died when they were 35, and they just, like, they, sat and, like, looked longingly out the window all that, day long. That that's all, all they it did. Was. I'm convinced that's all it was. I mean, even Renaissance times. Sure, it's fun, but those people in the paintings look miserable. They are, they're all, they're all, their eyes are rolling also, back in their heads, and they're just, you know. It took forever to do that shit. Probably. Yeah. They got them right. They got the face right when they were, like, done with it. No, so. I think, I think, I think we got, I think we got a good... A good spot because yeah, we got to we, because we got to straddle the analog and the digital. I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. I talk about this a lot, you guys, but we're I'm not going to yeah. do we're, it. Uh, we're Generation O for the Oregon Trail. You know? <laughs> we're not. Yes. We're not millennials. Yes, excellent, yeah. excellent. All right, shall we? Shall we move Hashtag on? Hashtag that. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Please. Oh yes. By the way, if anybody would like to tweet, uh, you can live tweet the show, and I'll know that's what you're doing when you're looking at your phone. Uh, we're at the underscore bitch underscore seat, and we usually have a live tweeter, but she has the plague today, so she's not here. <laughs> Shout out to Chelsea. Um, anyway, we should we should move along because our next guest has been staring has been staring at the stage the whole time, and she's amazing. She is uh, epic and kind of a legend, and she knows that she cultivates her legend around herself. And um, she uh, is the owner of the Actors Green Room, which is an amazing place, uh, amazing place that has completely turned around the careers of thousands of people. And um, you know, she's a mentor and a friend, and she's dancing and punching right now. Give it up for Jen Rudolph. Yeah, Love I thought you pants. might. Yeah, those are pretty rad. I pulled these out. Hello. Yeah. I pulled these out of the closet because I'm trying to represent my angsty youth. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. seeing. I'm feeling. I'm feeling it feeling with the it? black leather belts and yeah, the yes, very. Mm-hmm. Um, very uh, very uh, Empire Records. I was troubled. No, <laughs> not that troubled. No, that, actually, I was a late bloomer. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. How how late of a bloomer? You can take the mic out, by the way, if you want to hold it. If that's better. Yeah. Better. I love mics. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I was actually a really good kid. Like, I was a really, really good kid. You know, I did pretty well in school. Um, I got into acting, which mm-hmm. I will talk about tonight. Um, and then when I went to college, I was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like, I just well, blossomed, and I was like, what is all this stuff? Mm-hmm. It and happens then, like, to everybody know, at yeah, some yeah. point. That's the perfect But group. I was such a perfect yeah. little teenager up until that point. I was like, So did you have... Star of the school place. The babysitters loved you? Did you have any... Oh, yeah. Any... Were you best friends with your babysitters? Um, not quite, but I had crushes on all of them. Ah, do any stick out in your mind in particular? Did you have any moments of? Yes, actually. Okay, so um, so I am gay. I did not know. <laughs> I know nobody freak out. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't realize it until I was like like sixteen, seventeen. But. Um, I would say when I was 13, my babysitter, um, Siobhan, was really cool. She was like this like cool, like blondish brunette, like alt hippie type babysitter who would come over and like uh-huh. watch me sometimes. And she introduced me to Duran Duran. Oh, hello. Oh, well, there you which go. became one of my obsessions. So I love Duran Duran and The Cure and like everything. Yes. I'm a huge 80s, huge 80s person. I knew it. I, yeah, huge, I knew it. Huge, huge, huge. Um, but she introduced me to... Duran Duran, and we would watch um, MTV, which was new at the time. And pretty risque. It was very risque. So I would watch videos of, like, Duran Duran. Like, in fact, I remember they had, like, a Duran Duran hour, and Mm -hmm. I listened to, like, what was the album? Um, uh, 
the seven and the ragged tiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reflex and all that. Yes, stuff. yes, yes. So then um, she actually bought me a poster of Simon Laban that I put in my bedroom. Oh, and you were like, we can get married now. We can get married. <laughs> yeah. I was a child. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, <laughs> I loved her. I thought she was really great. And like, she was like my mentor and like, just was really cool and introduced me to all this cool music. That's really yeah, important. Yeah, she was great. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You're lucky. I have, I feel fortunate. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. In you Murray did? Hill. In Murray Hill. Murray Hill on 34th and 3rd. So, like, is it really... Okay, do you think it's cool or, like, extremely annoying how New York has evolved? Um, I think... Uh, well, I'm disappointed in Murray Hill. Yeah. Because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Murray Hill's falling down on the job. Murray Hill is now like 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 frat boys yeah. and uh-huh. like okay, in my mom's building growing up it was like old money. It was like people who were like retired and uh-huh. like doctors and now it's like all these college grads who are like living like like six people in a one bedroom and they're all like, "Oh my god, daddy's giving me money." Yeah, they're college like, That's they're what college it is. Style. Like Murray Hill has gone to shit, especially yeah. her building. I'm so it's sorry. Gone, it's, it's horrible. Every time I visit her, I'm like, "I don't like it." <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I'm disappointed in Murray Hill, but I love But I you're love still New York. here, so you must still like I something am? about yes. it. Yes, I I love New York. But I love New York. No, I love New York. I actually used to live right around the corner from here. Yes, I know. And now it's I live a great in Soho. neighborhood. Astoria, yeah. all the way. I lived in Astoria for 10 years, and I've never been here. Well, I know. Well, this, I'm this so happy QED to be here now. QED is relatively new. And by the way, guys, um, the Gushers and the Fruit by the Foot on the table are, of course, for you. But please purchase drinks and other snacks at this bar and support this venue, because this yeah. venue is amazing. So. Yeah. You, you can't quench your thirst with Gushers alone. <laughs> I've tried, but... Um, well, Jen, um, why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and pull out this artifact that you yes. brought? Ooh. Ooh, amazing! I have two. I I just couldn't decide because they're both you? important. That's oh. all right. Oh, okay. You're not as old as all that. Come on now. Well, <laughs> it's all the Bliss products from Soho. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Two things. So when I was young, I played a lot of basketball. My father wrote the rule book for the NBA. What? His, his name. Mendy Rudolph was my father. Oh, my God. He passed away when I was four. Um, but. Oh, so you had to play basketball. I had to play basketball. Did you like it? I loved it. Okay, I was actually good. really good. Yeah. I was really good. Um, so his number was number five. Mm-hmm. But um, they did not have number five. So I chose number 23. Why? Because two plus three equals five. Oh, that's great. Look at my little jerk. I was so little. So when did. <laughs> I went to a little private school on 16th Street called Friends Seminary. Mm -hmm. Oh, shout out to Friends Seminary. Amazing. (laughs) And it was this, is this, uh, did you wear this all the time? I I wore this a lot. And I was playing like every day after school, you know, and I was on the team and I was point guard. So, oh my gosh. So is there still a, do you still play? Is there a part of you that still wants to play? Yes. The last time I played was six years ago. Um, I played my ex-wife's nephew and I kicked his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Still got it. Still got it. Yep. So what is is the other thing that you have hiding in this bag? This has history. Okay. So. By the way, would you put that shirt on now or does it not? uh... I think it might be a tiny bit tight. Uh, All right. I think I, I, I could try. 
It might be very, <laughs> right. Modeled by Shannon. Natalie, will you please come up here? No, <laughs> You'll have your time, Natalie. Okay. Um, yes, yes. So um, I discovered my love for acting when I was 14 years old. So what had happened was basically I went to Friends Seminary from uh, first grade up until high school, and I was going to leave because, you know, I was a late bloomer. I kind of marched to my own drummer. And then uh, when I was in eighth grade, we had a new drama teacher uh, who came in. She was British. Uh, her name was Jennifer Fell Hayes, and she changed my life. And, mm -hmm. like, she, like, took me under her wing, and that's when I was like, you know what? I love and the first play that I did with Jennifer, I played the lead. Oh. And it was this play. It, look, look at it. It's all like, it has all my lines in it. Like, <laughs> Oh, I love this. What is the play? It's called Find Me. How appropriate. <laughs> um, What's and it, about? it was about a schizophrenic girl. <laughs> <laughs> and you, were, you got to be the lead? I was. Can we can we see a, this picture of Jen, which you guys got a teaser of before, but we have to play because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, very adorable. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Okay. So when you started, when you realized that the acting thing happened, because it happened for me also when I was fifteen, I think fourteen or fifteen. Mm -hmm. Everything else just became completely unimportant yeah. to me. Did you stop playing basketball when you started acting? Yep, I did. And did that feel like? Did you did you grieve for the loss of it? Did it no. feel like a departure? No. No, honestly, like I, I realized like I loved being on stage so much and I just I I think, you know, I was always an extrovert in a certain way. But then like on like a deep level, I was kind of shy mm -hmm. in some way. And like I just always felt like that I was just really, really different, like in a certain way. And mm -hmm. like, you know, when Jennifer took me under her wing and, like, I just blossomed in this way. And, like, when I was on stage, like, I could not even, like, describe the way that I felt. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I know exactly. I know exactly. And in the audience, okay, so because I went to Friends Seminary, <laughs> there were a lot of kids who went there who had famous parents. Mm -hmm. um, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins um, oh my God. were in the audience uh. because Ava, Ava went to school at Friends mm -hmm. Seminary. So... Susan Sarandon saw me perform. <laughs> and I went outside after the show, and she was smoking a cigarette. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just saw Thelma and Louise. But, oh, wait, wait, but, oh, so I didn't, I didn't tell this story because I was talking about it last week. But um, this, this babysitter that I had, Jenny Bonnet, again, Amanda was here last week. She heard this. Um, uh, Jenny Bonnet uh, came over to my house to babysit me and she when I was like 10 or 11 and she's like oh my favorite movie's on TV we have to watch it and it was Thelma and Louise I was 10 or 11 and I was completely fucking scarred but so Susan Sarandon goes I saw you in the show you were great and I was like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then she offered me a cigarette and I was like 16 <laughs> years old and then I fell in love with her. No, that, that was amazing. Oh, so that is she amazing. Saw, she complimented me, and I was like, okay, all right. See, yeah, but do you see how you've grown up to kind of become that Susan Sarandon figure to so many people, you know? Introducing like, kids to smoking. <laughs> yes. It's Corrupting the, the innocent. I, I definitely corrupt the innocent. No, <laughs> uh, I think that's so amazing. I think that's so amazing. Um. So, 
<laughs> so do you feel um do you feel like I don't know do you feel like there's something missing that you're not on stage all the time now? Because what you do is a very much behind the scenes thing. Sort of. It is, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I get great joy out of making other people's dreams come true. Well, that's clear. I do. Yes. You know, but in a way, like, I've become, like, a li- like this weird, like, inadvertent, like, celebrity in my field. Yes. Like, it's very weird. Like, when I go places, they're like, are you Jen Rudolph? And I'm like, <laughs> no, like, seriously. And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, I love you. I listen to your stuff on the webinars and I've seen you and... Oh my god, and it's weird. Like I got stopped there. Like I think it's it's weird. So in, in in a weird way, like I do still feel like a you're on bit, stage. Yeah, you know, like I do the webinars, people watch me, and then they're like a little starstruck in a weird way. And I'm like, I'm just me. Like I think I'm a total like dork, you know. Did yeah. and have you ever? Amanda knows me very well, so you know she's seen me like hanging out in my house, like in my pajamas with my dog. You know, I mean that's pretty much it. So, yeah. Do you have you ever reconnected with Susan Sarandon? Did you ever see her again? <sighs> No. Oh, there's still there's time. Not. There is still time. Mm-hmm. She's a sexy older woman. Oh, she's very she's sexy. Very sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And now that I'm of age. No, I'm just <laughs> Susan, I'm back for you. I'm back. <laughs> I'll um, be Louise. I think she's available. She is available. <laughs> well, Jen, um, allow me to give you a gift. Um, when I found this in my house, I knew it was going to be for you. Oh, boy. Um, and uh, don't be weirded out. Um <laughs> Because I, they're, I wore them only once. They are clean. They Gay are socks. rainbow toe socks. They're fucking gay toe socks. socks. Oh, man. I love my gay socks. <laughs> to, to be fair, it's not because they're rainbows. It's just because I think that you could be so cute in toe socks. I am going to wear them. Good. All the time. Okay. And I will post a picture of me and them in the green lounge. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Jen, thank you so much for being on the big seat. Thank you, Jen. Jen Rudolph, everybody. You all right? You have all kinds of things. I have all these chachas. Yes, thank you. Sweet. Yeah. What was what was uh, what was the best celebrity moment uh, celebrity meeting moment that you ever had? Fuck. Um, okay. All right. All right. Best and I'll do best and worst. Okay. All right. Uh, I think the best was uh, one of any of the five times I, I met Bruce Campbell at a at a convention <laughs> or a movie screening because he's such. Uh, jerk to his fans, but in a loving way. So it's like I'd never. I, I you like know. to be beat up by him. Well, yeah, because I would. I would hate to meet somebody and be like, "Oh, how do you do? Nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. Yes, thank you. Well, but okay, move along. Like I would rather me being like, "Hey, do your Elvis impression or say something stupid from Evil Dead," and he'll be like, uh, "Am I a trained monkey? No, kid, go away." Like that's so much better than people being, like, being their real selves. People giving yeah. you a bit. Yes, is better. And then uh, one time when my sister was in L.A., she saw him. And she yelled Bruce Campbell at him, like, at, at random, not knowing what was to follow. And he was like, are you crazy? You jump out here and yell at people? You yell names <laughs> at people? And she was like, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. And uh, you were like, I love that guy yeah. even more. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, worst was the time I, I put in, uh, a, I was in line for, at the, uh, the cutting room with uh, behind Chris Noth, who's one of the owners. And he has a, he had a dollar in, in there, and he, he put in a few dollars. He was putting in songs, and he got distracted by a bunch of really cute girls that walked in. And so he walked over there, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm here. 
I'm next in line. I don't want anybody to take it. There's like five, five more songs in there. So I put in my dollar. And then I'm about to put in a song. And he's like, hey, come back. Hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. But I was like 21 at the time and didn't have any sense of self. So I was just like, oh, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, I'll fuck me. Sure, yeah. Okay, um, and 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 then uh, he, he owes me a dollar still. So What a jerk. And I did a show there. And I still haven't gotten And you were dollar. naked. And I was naked. So there should be some interest on that dollar. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. All right. Let's yeah. Get to our, uh... Well, yeah, we have to hop off stage now because our delightful musical guest, um, she's never been a musical guest on this show before, but I have seen her perform and she is incredible. So, um, Caitlin Allen, why don't you pop on up here? And um, we're going to do a little bit of tech reshuffling for her. You, that was. Hello. Thank you so much. Gonna take a sentimental journey. Gonna set my heart at ease. Gonna make a sentimental journey to renew old memories. I got my bag, I got my reservation, spent each dime I could afford. Like a child in wild anticipation, long to hear that all aboard. Seven. That's the time we leave at seven. I'll be waiting up like heaven. Counting every mile of railroad track that takes me back. Never thought my heart would be so yearning. Why did I decide to roam? Gonna make a sentimental journey. Sentimental journey home. Seven, that's the time we leave at seven. I'll be waiting up like heaven. Counting every mile, a railroad track that takes me back. Never thought my heart could be so yearning. Why did I decide to roam? Gonna make a sentimental journey, sentimental journey home. Oh, thank you. 
so good evening. Uh, there are a lot of different things I could talk about tonight, um, but I think since we are talking about babysitters, boy, do I have some stories for you. Uh, my babysitter growing up was an ex-heroin addict. She was using while she was watching us, um, which I questioned my mom feverishly on after I discovered that. She said, but she was really good with kids. You guys loved her. <laughs> and we did. I mean, she was amazing. She introduced us to so much good music and movies. I mean, I had this thing for horror movies, and she would show me everything, uh, which was really awesome. And then terrifying, because we got to the snuff films, and I was like, okay, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Uh, so here's an unrelated song, I guess uh, related in that she, you know, she shared a lot of music with me, including music from the 60s and 70s. Um, so this one is uh, one of them. my babysitter used to take us to Coney Island on Fridays. I would wear a swimsuit under my outfit to school and I would wait all day to go to Coney Island. Uh, and it was really, it was really exciting. She babysat my best friend too. So she'd pick my best friend up, my sister and me, and we'd all go down to Coney Island. And of course, Coney Island in the 90s, 
I mean, it's pretty gross now, <laughs> you know, but back then it was nasty, you know, you'd like go swimming and pick band-aids off of yourself afterwards, you know, you kind of like walk through the sand and hope you didn't hit glass. Uh, it was a weird experience. Um, uh, anyway, um, but one thing I do remember about Bianca, uh, we would always get ices in the summer and we, uh, I remember holding her hand. She's like, oh, it's way too hot to hold hands. Let's hold pinkies instead. That is so cool. Holding pinkies is the coolest thing ever. Um, But that's a nice intro to this next song, which I think a lot of you will know. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you something. I think you'll understand. When I say that something, I want to hold your hand Please let me hold your hand I want to hold your hand Oh, please say to me You let me be your man When I say that is just a shameless plug. I just recorded my first EP, which I'm very excited about. Uh, it is actually with a full band. Um, I only started the ukulele about a year ago, so uh, thank you all for being here with me playing through this. 
Um, so this song is from the EP. They're all covers. I sing with a traditional jazz band, so we do a lot of jazz. And um, yeah, so uh, if you want to find out more information, I'll have a launch party. It'll probably be coming out uh, the end of November. Uh, this song is called I'm Walking Yes Indeed by Fats Domino. Yeah. Let's start again. with Kate and the Critters all over the place. They've performed actually in the subway before and all kinds of like alternative venues and they're just amazing. Whenever I watch them, it's like I'm in a movie from the 30s. So it's, it's, and we like that throwback. We like that kind of throwback. Um, Thank you, Kent. Yes, we are an inclusive show. We consider subways alternate venues. Everything in New York is an alternate venue. (laughs) That's true. I mean. That's true. Um, All right, so... Yeah. We have one more guest. She is pretty much the nicest human being alive. Um, Every interaction I've had with her has been a delight. She's got her own show on True TV now called You Can Do Better. And, like, I I believe her when she says that. And um, you may have seen her on Broad City. She's also got a pretty rad Twitter handle, at Curly Comedy, so you should definitely follow it. Give it up for Abby Crutchfield. Thank you for being here. Jen Rudolph in the house. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> she looked down right when I was going to like shake her hand on the way to the like, Oh, no. 
Jen, oh, you missed your no, cue. No, you're not missing. You're you're doing something, and I am talking at you. Hello, Jen. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Griggs, Jen Rudolph, Caitlin, was it Andrews? Allen. Allen, Allen. Caitlin Allen. Friggin' run around a block. Yeah. Just an amazing show tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. You're such a delight. And if I may. Yes, you may. I want to give props to Kent over there. Give props to Kent. Yeah. Kent is Can the you fucking guys, best. Because He's every best. time I looked at him, he was doing something different. He's like DJing, then he's taking pictures, then he's like juggling flaming torches. I don't know what he's yeah, up to. I know. Well, also, he's wearing a three-piece suit. Yeah, the a three-piece suit. Yeah. He's not asking to be seen. He's got a vest on, ladies and gents. I, the thing about Kent is that, um, I, I make this joke all the time, is that I'm always prepared for like the other shoe to drop because he's too good to be true as a producer, and I'm pretty sure he's going to murder us in our sleep. Um, or on the job. Yeah. That's usually what they but, do, I right? Mean, it's a good way to go down, I guess. It's a good way to go down. Um, so I like the silver lining to that dark cloud that you just put it. That way Listen, to be optimistic. Top notch producer. If he kills us, what, what the hell? At least the shows sound great. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, so uh, Abby, yes, stories about babysitters or or babysitting. Uh, well, gosh, I have a lot of both, but I guess um, my first babysitter that comes to mind. I thought it would be a good idea to move this out of yeah, the way, but thing. it turns out it's just like there's nowhere for it to go. Yeah. That's a stand-up habit. You just move it. Mm-hmm. It's, it yep. bothers no one Get but you. Get the furniture you. out of the way. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't have a mic stand there, I would just be grasping at this. Um, oh, there's Kent. Kent. Thanks, Kent. You cannot stop this man. He could possibly be a twin. We don't know. There's just Kent there are seven everywhere Kents, yes. in the room. My my the the babysitter I remember most fondly was Jeannie Timberlake. She shared my birthday mm-hmm. in May. Magical. Yeah. Soulmates. She treated us to excursions to White Castle. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yes. I lived in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Such a delicacy, the White Castle. <laughs> Chicken rings. Yes. Ladies I think they still gentlemen. sell those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had American cheese on chicken product. So it was really... <laughs> and she then would take us back home and proceed to watch MTV for the rest of the time. So I got... Ah, MTV was a popular activity. For, it, was, for, it was great. Like mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin, uh, Billy Ocean. Oh, Billy Ocean. Singing Get Out of My yes. Dreams, Get Into My Car. And it's funny, I only have memories of like black performers and she was black. So I wonder if she would just turn it away from... <laughs> When I mean, it was anyone else. She, listen, if I were a babysitter, I'd be like, I'm going to decide what goes into your brain right now. So yeah. that's that's the kind of parent that I'm going to be. She was on that Black Absolutely. Lives Matter before anybody else. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was great having her. And I remember some, I have a vivid memory of her mentioning Friday the 13th, or maybe we all mm-hmm. saw a commercial for Friday the 13th before my mom left. And my mom said, don't let them watch scary movies. You're not watching that. And you Gina were an older like, okay. sister or a younger sister? Me and I have a year, a sister who's a year older. Okay. And just, you know, me thinking like, oh, I wish I could have seen that. And then later in that same evening, Jeannie was like, you guys want to watch Friday the 13th? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, unlike Caitlin, I, I was not into it. Like immediately it gave me nightmares. Oh, I only watched no. the little pieces of it through an Afghan and I was terrified. See, your mom knew. Your mom was trying to protect you. She kind of, yeah. She, she prophesied my horror, I guess, <laughs> my my fear and doom. I then had nightmares about it. But cool babysitter to let that Very slide. cool babysitter. Are you still in touch with her? She sounds like an yes. awesome person. Oh, yeah. She's a great lady. She has kids that are grown now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I was actually, 
I am rarely invited into weddings. I don't know if everybody complains, like I'm always a bridesmaid. I've like never been a bridesmaid. But Jeannie let me hold her train in her wedding. So. Oh, well, that's the only wedding she's you like, ever need to yeah, do. I think I've been in yeah. two and she's one yeah. of them. Nice lady. So awesome. yeah, that was great. Um, she was not Lori, who was really just an older kid in the neighborhood who we could play with, who would mind us. She would just like, she wouldn't get paid to keep us. Right. She was just hanging out. She was just living her life. Yeah. And we were her shadow. It was her communal sister. duty. Because she Pretty much. Right there. Yeah. But she was a horrible influence. She was just a few years older than us. And she took us into her parents' bedroom, showed us the lingerie drawer. Like what? she was, it was a guided tour of her sex museum in her house. <laughs> she just was like, you guys want to see something? Yeah. yeah. She opens up a drawer and pulls out, I remember like lilac colored panties that were crotchless. What? <laughs> and she was like, these don't even have a crotch. And I was like, why would you wear <laughs> panties without a crotch? So did she tell you why? Was, she, was that your sex talk? She did. See, Lori is very important. She played a very important role. Yeah, I mean, you needed her too. She was, uh, you know, this different sides of the information spectrum. Right. Well, she wasn't you know? old enough, to, I think, to explain it well. She just goes, so the guy can put his thing in until it spits. <laughs> just led to more questions. It just led to yeah. more. I, I didn't understand sex then, and she didn't help. But she sounded like a really good time. She was, yeah, she let us eat raw cookie dough. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she cut her own bangs. I mean, she was a cool kid. <laughs> she had a mullet, but because she willed it so. She decided, she's, she's like, I'm going to decide to have a mullet. Exactly. Nobody else, I'm going to decide. Mullet on my time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Lori was cool. I mean, I looked up to her. It's only in hindsight that I go, mm, I should not have yeah. been hanging out with her. All day? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, one of my babysitters was um, a Jehovah's Witness. She was... She was a middle-aged Jehovah's Witness whose husband, I found out later, beat her. So, like, we can't really choose who we hang out with, but it was, you know, she was very sweet. I'm so ignorant of that community. I didn't know they were allowed to babysit. Well, I didn't either, but I just remember having a conversation with her about how she wasn't allowed to celebrate her birthday, and I thought that was bullshit. Right. (laughs) Well, if friends can cut some amazing albums, like, Jehovah's Witnesses can do a lot of amazing things. (laughs) Yeah. Just not have birthdays. Or celebrate. And not escape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your husband's fist. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Oh, it was rough. It is rough. Um, so I, I love the artifact that you provided, this yes. picture yes. of this artifact. Um, if we can see this first picture, Kent, you can talk about oh that's Caitlin. I, I like forgot it. to put up Caitlin's picture. <laughs> Caitlin looks exactly the same. Yeah. Literally has not changed at all. Yes. I'm s- <laughs> and it proves that your smile is genuine. That's a real, that's just what she does. She just is happy to be here, guys. She does. I was, I said to Chris over there, I was like, how do you smile at that many New Yorkers? She was just like, no, she's for you. She's a native, she's a native New Yorker and yeah. she's like the most grounded, calm person she's I've a real ever deal. met. Anyway, this picture of your artifact here, oh. let's talk about this. <laughs> Tropical Island Miko Barbie. <laughs> yes. This is my very first doll. Now, my parents were not together. My parents are of two different races. And I fortunately got to be raised by the parent who taught me to say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Excellent. My white mother. And (laughs) so determined was she not to have me view white culture as the, you know, epitome of beauty that she insisted on getting me ethnic dolls. Like amazing. Yeah. Not just black dolls, but everything she could find. And so a lot of my, and some were green and purple and yellow. Like they were just different rainbow colors, but when they could have real skin tones, she got me tropical Island Miko and, and, I, I would say her plan backfired because all I wanted to do was grow up and look like that. Like Asian 
I guess, tall, slender women in bathing suits with a single strap was my ideal beauty. Right, right, right. So, so you're saying, like, you had the same issues that all girls in this country had. There's which no was, escaping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they come out with new Barbies of different shapes and sizes, and I think that's great. So now little girls can, you know, have a new scenario in which to make them jealous of the original Barbie. Like, it's just, yeah, kids are going to do weird things anyway. So, I mean, it, would the ideal be to make Barbies that are, like, extremely ugly so that kids don't aspire to be them? Maybe just headless Barbies so that we don't even have to. So you can't even compare. <laughs> <laughs> Although then then you're going to have that girls cutting mess. off their own heads. That would create so. serial killer children. <laughs> I don't know what the solution is to that, except, I mean, I, my guess, I'm not a parent, but I do like to tell parents how to raise their children <laughs> on a regular basis. I would say just, you know, remind your kids that their value is, is more than that and that they're loved no matter what they look like. And, well, I think that you turned out to be pretty fucking okay. I mean, you're... Thanks. Well, I mean, and also everybody is beautiful. Literally, you are empirically beautiful. It's such a... It's such an... What do you call it? Not abstract, but... um, Yeah, abstract. Abstract. No, the other word I'm looking for is... Subjective opinion. Thank yeah, whoever you. said that. Thank you. Thank These guys you. are here every it's show. Yes, Thank these you. are our regulars, and I Give love them. them a, sorry, yeah. they're, them they're, they're so I'm good. Hey. Hey. Right here. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying to make you embarrassed. No, no you're very helpful, right? <laughs> you're <now>. very helpful <laughs> because it is true. I mean, it's symmetrical, and I don't know. Sometimes shaved eyebrows are hot, and sometimes bushy eyebrows are hot. So That's I right. think it's all. That's all right. Random. That's true. And um, how how <laughs> did you ever take this doll out out of her box, or did you protect her? No. I, oh, I took I took all my dolls out. Most of my dolls have hair now that looks like mine. Their hair looks like shredded wheat because if you mm-hmm. play with nylon, it just gets matted and wild. So yeah, all of my Barbies got plenty of use. They were they enacted many stage plays, if you will. <laughs> like you know, they were yeah. If I couldn't act, they would. And what do you do? You have a memory of the point when you lost track of this doll, or did it just kind of fade out of your? No, I mean she still exists in my mom's basement in a. Pink Mary Kay case. My mom used to sell Mary Kay, and Mm -hmm. that became my Barbie carrying case. So she's in there, but she's probably covered in cat pee. You don't want to mess with that. (laughs) I can't sell any of my belongings on eBay. I actually found this on the internet and then posted it on Instagram because that was me rekindling that joy. Yeah, I um, I how you doing over here talking about Barbie dolls? No, it's great. I used to uh, I used to he had a lot of action figures. I had a lot of action figures, but I used to always try and play with my sister and her Barbie dolls, but she wouldn't let me. So I just steal them. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> this because, is why she hates me. Well, that's the thing. They're the best way to reenact actual scenes in your life or scenes yeah. from a movie. She had tons of Ken dolls. I used to actually, oh, God. What? Uh-oh. Say just it. <laughs> no, when I was a kid, I had Ken dolls. I had so I could play with her, sure. but she still wouldn't play with me. So. They were all fabulous. They were all pretty great. I mean, like I had this one who had, he was like all vacationed out. Yeah, man. He had, like a Hawaiian shirt. Tropical shirt, yeah. They really had, short shorts. They had fashion that was both ahead of their time and way retro. Like yeah. none of the patterns would be of the era that you bought them yep. in. But yet it was also fashion you'd never seen before. You're yep. like, right okay. on the precipice. Metallic between. bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had that one they were he didn't he had like a tuxedo, <laughs> silver tuxedo with tails, no sleeves. When he took his jacket off. So And I lost the jacket immediately. He was a Chippendale dancer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But if Nick Jonas wore that today, you'd be like, see, yeah. Ken Ken called it. And yeah, and we I, one time I had a Michael Jackson doll from Thriller. Wow. But his eyes glowed in the dark. Yes. And it terrified yes. me. That's scary. So I I put him in my closet, but I, I could didn't want to shut the door because I didn't want anything to to not close it for me. So I just watched his <laughs> eyes stare at me in the dark while I slept. Nope. That was nope. only Wait, one night that's, of my life. That, that's like um the Krusty doll. 
Yes. From The Simpsons. Would that yes. talk randomly at you? I could have yes. gone to Harvard and written that joke, too, if, mm. I, if my grades were decent enough. Um, <laughs> um, let's see this picture that we have that you sent me from, from you when you were younger, because I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just uh, feel uh, like uh. you're a poster child of, like, ABC TV right here. <laughs> Somebody um, just saw 90210. Yes. <laughs> and was rocking her. What was that girl's name? Brenda Walsh. Yes, yes, Brenda. Also, the thing about this picture is I would I had a crush, like probably like my very first crush, and I plan on giving him this picture, but I would hold my thumb over the teeth and just imagine like how like him imagining it, him being like, oh wow, cool hair, beautiful eyes, awesome chin. Neat tie, you know, oh. great baggy, baggy button no te- down. No teeth. And then just miss the teeth. Now, I wish I kept the gap. I mean, how unique is a gap tooth? Dude, I, I, my gap used to be so much bigger. It was like I could fit a, a lollipop stick Sweet. between my teeth. Yes, I remember that. And um, and I got braces. I went through the whole thing. I did retainer to braces to retainer again. Mm-hmm. And they stayed together for like three months, maybe. And then they just <laughs> drift apart and all, they all the like, orthodontics money yeah but it's fine it's madonna has a gap you know i love so. no i love a gap now it's so much character and really what the problem was i guess that i didn't understand at the time was those were my adult teeth everything else was tiny so i just thought oh i got these big chicklets in the way feel like bugs bunny but na- i mean come on you're a kid look at this yeah. kid i gelled my hair for crying out loud i i went all out where now do you have to tell tell us about this tie that that paisley tie must have come from the limited <laughs> T-O-O and it was a toss up between that tie and probably a necklace full of green bubbles that you can blow yes the bubble necklaces you can blow a bubble necklace it's very burning man <laughs> for a kid yes. yes when would you ever really blow bubbles though I mean I, just the fact that you have a toy that you could play with if you wanted to exactly but it's school so you're not going to like you can get those like tiny harmonicas on a necklace. <laughs> Not that you could ever play them, but they're so adorable. That is super cute. Yeah. Um, so were you like a were you a fashion sensation in amongst your peers? No, it was rare that I got to wear something new and cool like that because I had a sister who was a year older and I always got her button downs. Button right. downs. Pass me downs. Sometimes well, I choose maybe words. Downs. Maybe button downs. <laughs> I literally got her button downs. But what I meant to say was, yeah, I would get her secondhand clothes. So um, she had a shirt that was the coolest thing I owned that was hers was a sweater that had polka dots. And on the reverse side, there were ribbons. You could wear oh, it reverse. And then my clutch. teacher thought it was so adorable. I thought it was cool. She thought it was so adorable. She called me Pokebo. And Pokebo was like my nickname in... <laughs> That class and it, it backfired. So yeah, I was not happy about having my sister's clothes, but you kind of deal with it. At what, at what age did you get to start purchasing or choosing your own clothes? I still- mean, maybe next year. I don't know. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> now I am too smart financially to make that mistake. I don't. I just get free clothes from people. No, that's great. A swap, a swap system I, is good. I don't think I ever asserted my independence with fashion really i kind of am a i like t-shirt and jeans mm-hmm. and for the show i am i know we're kind of running out of time so i will plug the show you can do better on true tv yes tuesdays at 10 30 it's an awesome show uh, i give life advice and and it's it's super fun there's sketch and man on the street for that show someone else dresses me and makes me has me wear like isn't cool that so stuff. nice that i love nice. wardrobe yes it is nice yeah the best yeah man well to think about it this is actually tying in really well with this gift that i'm gonna give you oh okay um because based on your hair and my hair um and nicknames um so my nickname in fifth grade was fraggle 
Oh, wow. But, but I, I took it and I, I ran with it Rock. and I, me too. And I would, I would write Fraggle on my, my homeworks that I passed in and Cute. it was accepted. You were super confident and, and awesome. Uh, no, no, definitely no. not. No. <laughs> you embraced a cool nickname. Well, nobody called me that except for like, maybe two friends and my math teacher. So, but um, I was trying to make it happen. It didn't really happen. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so so what I have for you, this is very difficult for me to get rid of because when I found it in my in my roll top desk drawer at home, it hadn't even been used. This is LA Looks styling gel. No, I wish. <laughs> it is Fraggle's favorite games and puzzles. Yay! And um, this will help my brain brain health. Yeah, I think you know. It's this like, will keep you from getting Alzheimer's. I mean, adult coloring books are a thing now, so those, these are that pretty scary cre- creatures. But um, I don't know. You might have offered me something that is like you know vintage Jim Henson or something. It might be. So if you sell it on eBay for a lot of money, you can give me some of that. You got it. You yeah, got thanks. it. Definitely. Um, but Doozler uh, sticks, guys. Doozler sticks. Remember? I love the Doozers. Yeah. Doozler sticks. So. It, it all, it's great. I'm glad you have it. I really appreciate it. And I, I now use um, an adult coloring book. Which I do is too. Like a kid's coloring I do book. too. I'm waiting for science to recommend playing with Barbies again <laughs> for therapy. I bet you that helps. You know, funny story Please. to wrap up on. Yeah. I discovered my old Luke Skywalker action figure last fall in like <laughs> one of my jackets. I don't know what it was doing there. But one day we were out in like the country, like in my town. And I just started taking Instagrams of him. Sweet. Like, in front of, like, what, like, forced perspective. In it's front just of the Lambert. most hipster series ever. It honestly That's is great. The, I like that. I mean, short of the time I had a mustache, it's the hippest thing I've ever done. And uh, actually, that was pretty sad and pitiful when I had a mustache. But you know what? It felt good. It yeah. felt because I started to remember a time when I wasn't that self-conscious. Yes, and of course, of course. So you should try and just do that. You Sweet. Get some stuff. Amazing. Take some Instagram. I just might. I just might. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Abby awesome. Thank, you, thank you so much for being on the bitch seat. Oh, I can take that for you because Kent took the um, Kent took the mic stand, but it's cool. We don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. We're good. We're good. Oh, hi, Phil. Hey, good show. Yeah, yeah it was a pretty good show. Good. Pretty good show. All right. Hey, do you remember that 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 uh that song by Donna Lewis called "I Love You Always Forever"? Wait, 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 wait. Is it I love you? Always yeah, that one. So yeah, yeah, when yeah, I yeah, first I when I first heard that song, I thought that I already knew it. But it was new. But I thought that it was from like a way, 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 way other time. And then I started uh, keeping track of how many times I heard it. And how I had times? all these kind of ESPs. I think I got up to 19 before I stopped. But um, the point is I was neurotic. I don't know. There isn't a point. There isn't a point. <laughs> it's a great point. There isn't a point. But um, the point is we're all psychic. Yeah. And we just have to tune into it. True. Yeah. I mean, I, that is that is true. Um, um, yeah. Well, guys, um, this has been another episode of The Bitch Seats. And thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming Honestly. out on this Wednesday night. And um, thank you to our guests, Chris Griggs, Jen Rudolph, Abby Crutchfield, the amazing Caitlin Allen. Um, and... Uh, this will be, it'll be available. Probably um, as soon as possible. Uh, next week, I think, uh, or yeah. the week after on uh, iTunes or Google Play or the bitchypodcast.com. Yeah. So um, subscribe, share with your friends, yes. and uh, we'll see you for a drink after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, there it is.
Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me, t- let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. <laughs> they scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one I, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque club. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!